about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Hi guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. This episode is probably the scariest thing I have ever put on the internet. <laughs> this is going to be a half an hour chat with my counsellor talking about my experience with sex addiction. Um, so I've been getting counselling for the last uh, 11 months, um, tackling sex addiction. Uh, you hear all about it in the episode, so I won't go on about it here, but um, yeah, uh, it's something that I think that more people should be talking about because it's definitely misrepresented in all, all walks of life, like, you know, the media and I think people use it as kind of a, some people use it as a joke, some people use it as an excuse and I don't know, it, it gets thrown around too lightly. So I wanted to kind of talk about it a bit more um, and yeah, get my counsellor on here <laughs> to talk about it. I get my counselling through BetterHelp which is an online service um, connecting people with counsellors. There's a hundred different counsellors on there. Um, I've gone through, I think like five or six over the last couple years. Um, it's an amazing service, I love it. It's really good if um, you don't have the time um, to go and sort of see a counsellor face to face or don't want to. I know some people find it quite uncomfortable to do that. Um, it's really good because you can set up text chat, video chat, uh, phone calls with your counsellor every week and yeah, that's what I do and I really like it. So. Um, I can't recommend it enough. There'll be links in the description to it if you want to check it out. The first week's free if you use the fancy link thing in the description. Anyway, hope you enjoy the episode. Um, hope it sparks some kind of, I don't know, healthy debate or whatever. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think on the Instagram, all that stuff. And yeah, enjoy. Love you, bye. Hey, Heather. Hi, Jamie. Um, I'm really nervous <laughs> right now. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. <laughs> so probably uh, worth noting that you are my counsellor. Um, and which is why I'm so scared, um, <laughs> because um, I wanted to bring you on to talk about um, something that I've been uh, working on for the last 10 months mm -hmm. um, definitely something that I never really wanted to bring up on the podcast uh, <laughs> I thought I never would but now it's kind of getting close to coming out and people are kind of interested in it it feels like it wouldn't be right to put it out there without me kind of covering this issue right. um, and I thought you'd be a really good person well you, I mean you are literally the best person <laughs> to talk about this <laughs> Um, with me so yeah I wanted to talk about sex addiction um, and kind of the stigma around it and like kind of your well you, you can give us you can give us some like facts about it and kind of talk us through it mm -hmm. um, yeah so I'll just quickly start with my experience of it so at the start of this year so about 10 months ago I um, kind of started realizing that I was using 
I, I was having sex because I needed it rather than wanted it. Um, I was kind of not necessarily enjoying it as much. Um, and I was, yeah, pursuing it a bit more than I thought was normal or healthy. Um, and it started having kind of quite destructive patterns in my life. Um, I was kind of sleeping with the wrong people. I was, you know, leaving events with friends to go and have sex and like pursue sex. And, you know, I was having a lot more sex than anyone else I knew. And it was all, it all started to feel a bit not normal i hate that word but you know what i mean right um so i started um i i so i signed up to better help um which is an online counseling service with uh, a bunch of americans it turns out i didn't know that when i was signing up but <laughs> <laughs> everyone on there's american um a bunch of american counselors um and i started getting uh i guess addiction therapy um, from a different counselor, someone that wasn't you. This was a long, this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that went really well. And then basically fast forward 10 months later, you've been my counselor now for like, what, two, three months, maybe Yep. about that. Um, and I'm really happy with where I am. I feel like I've made loads of progress. I was saying to you like last week, I feel like I've finally kind of, my addiction doesn't have like control over me and I've, I feel really, uh, a lot better in myself and like yeah like it doesn't really dictate how i act or think anymore um but yeah so that's that's my like boring origin story i kind of want to talk to you now about um yeah if you could give us like a kind of uh i guess explanation or summary of what sex addiction is and what your experience of you know dealing with people that have it has been Mm -hmm. yeah i think you know i haven't I think because of the stigma, a lot of people don't want to admit that they struggle with it because like you said, um, or we've talked about that it's an excuse for men to just have sex whenever they want. And when it causes distress, um, you know, it's not healthy anymore. And addiction is, you know, exhibiting a compulsive, um, chronic, uh, physiological or psychological need for you know habit forming substance behavior or activity that is like if you look in the dictionary that is what it says and mm. so these compulsive behaviors you know we look at substance abuse alcohol abuse um, gambling you know those things are talked about and there's still a stigma i think mental health over, mental health overall has a huge stigma which you know i think a lot of us uh, in the mental health field are trying to normalize <clears throat> yeah. but we don't talk about you know sex addiction in that way because yeah there's just so much around it and i think it is usually geared towards men or they're like men are the only ones that are sex addicts well if you look at statistics i'm not going to give numbers just because i don't have my um the references but there it's it's not huge numbers i think because of the lack of reporting but also women are up there like the the all the mm. different facts that i've seen um, they're up there just as much. And also I want to um, put in there that the women's numbers, um, just some research and knowing like mental health and, you know, people admitting to it um, and seeking help, women's numbers are always lower and especially with sex addiction because of the shame around it. So these numbers could be higher for women than men. And I, you know, I just wonder how that would uh, come out if if that was something that we could talk about and say you know 
it's not just men. It is women too. It's across the board. And, um, you know, so that's definitely a part of the stigma that where the stigma comes from, I think is definitely like you said, you know, it's, it's a, it's a guy's excuse to have lots of sex or to kind of like, I know, I know a lot of people when I started talking to people and opening up about, you know, thinking that I had a sex addiction. I know there are a lot of people that were saying, oh yeah, my, you know, my friend's ex got caught um, cheating on her and he said it was a sex addiction, um, you know, to get away with it kind of thing. So the, the kind of general consensus is that guys use it when they get caught, you know, having sex when they shouldn't. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a get out. Yep. yep. So that's, definitely the, that's definitely the stereotype, I think, and, and what people think of when they think about sex addiction. But yeah, like you say, it, it, I, know, I know a few women now that, that also have it and um, or have dealt with it. Um, yeah, it's definitely not as black and white as that. But I think you know it doesn't help that there are probably some guys using it as an excuse, um, which is why which is why I want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I want to talk about it more because it's I yeah I I'm quite I'm quite sensitive to the issue now because I've had to deal with you know an actual addiction <laughs> and all the horrible stuff that comes with that. So the idea of guys using it as an excuse is is quite like hard to hear. Um, so yeah, I think more people should talk about it and like really recognize it as an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this addiction, it, it, all addictions go through similar cycles, you know, the preoccupa- uh, preoccupation, um, with, you know, sex and, and, you know, that need, um, and then it goes into this ritualization, you know, what do you do to get ready or like, you know, leaving parties, what are, what's around it. And then the actual compulsive sexual behavior. And then after it, you know, there's despair, shame, guilt, um, you know, for you is really like need to like validate, you know, this yourself externally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, so, you know, you hitting on the, you know, this need versus want sex can be really healthy when it's a want, when it turns into a need and you're filling a void or, you know, finding that need through sex um, and the need is not, you know, sex, then that's when it turns unhealthy. And that's when we see, you know, uh, people are suffering from it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, Something that I kind of found uh, talking to different counselors about it um, that, you know, if, if, if it was a drink problem or a drug problem, it would be like, okay, cool. So we're, our plan is to slowly get to you to the stage where you don't drink anything and you don't do any drugs anymore. Like you're, you're completely off that stuff and that's how we're going to cure you. But with, with a sex addiction, it's like, you can't never have sex again. That's not healthy. Like, you know, you need to, you need to build up to have like a healthier relationship with sex, right? which I think is really interesting. Yes. And I wanted to say, you know, there is, you know, recovery and sobriety um, celibacy is not a long-term solution to sexual addiction. Um, you know, it's really, um, the goal is really to make it a non-compulsive, you know, non-shaming, um, consequence-free sexual life and consequence-free is not like, oh, you know, it's really not using it. You know, if you're using like, oh, I, I am a sex addict because I cheated, you know, that we, we want to take that away. Um, I'm sure people will still use it and still say that, but we want to, you know, want people to know that people are really suffering from this and there's really, you know, it is really hard. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, that's why I've kind of forced myself to talk about it on this this fucking podcast because yeah, more people need to talk about it. Like, I I think it's kind of, it, it, it became quite famous over in the UK, um, 
when a guy called Russell Brand came out saying he had a sex addiction, um, among other addictions. And it was kind of, and his, he was a stand up comedian, and his kind of running joke was that he had loads of sex and, you know, um, was, he slept with like hundreds of women. And that was kind of his thing. So when he said that he was a sex addict, it kind of, it kind of, I think it drew a line between, you know, his, his joking about sleeping around and being a sex addict. And it kind of became like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we're all sex addicts kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of, because it, it had been suggested to me years ago that I was a sex addict. I never took it seriously because, because of that. Um, and because, you know, sex addict was just something, it just something, it was something that like horny guys said, um, to, you know, you know, kind of excuse behavior. But yeah, like I say, you know, at the start, at the end of last year and the start of this year, I kind of realized how, how damaging it was to me and all the kind of bad effects and and once and once i started getting counseling and cutting down on how much sex i was having the kind of physical changes that happened to me uh you know just something stupid like i i started i was shaking for the first two weeks when i wasn't like i was well when i was trying to like not hook up with girls and i was just like this is terrifying because like it's you don't you don't you don't think it's that serious you know while, while you're in it and then when you're trying to get off it and your body's going like ah i don't like this <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like what the hell are you doing this isn't normal <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that was that's again like you say it's a really serious thing and people need to take it very seriously and, uh, and i, I want to kind of you know talk about it more and make people realize that it's a it's an awful thing mm-hmm. right so you touched on um the self-esteem stuff and like validation that was kind of that was where I was at. I think I had I had about six months of counselling before I got to the place where I realised that I was seeking sex for validation and like self esteem reasons. And that was where you came in. That was when me and you started working together, right? Yep. Yep. So yeah, do you want to tell us something about that? Like how that kind of ties into addiction? Do you see do you see that elsewhere? Do other people have the same thing? Yes. I mean, I think a lot of um, not only just addiction issues. But society, you know, has all these things out there that tell us we're not valuable, that are telling us we need to look this way or do these things or have this much money or, you know, all those, all those things that we see a thousand times a day in commercials, you know, TV, radio, everything, people, um, and they tell us we're not good enough. And so we start, you know, believing it and we try to find our validation externally. And I think that, you know, with you came in saying, you know, this is what I've worked on, um, but there's still something lacking. Still something is not quite up to par. And, you know, so it, it's still distressful. And so when we started talking about, you know, we did um, start discussing like your history and, you know, I do the same thing no matter who comes in with what issues. It's like, OK, let's figure out, you know, when this started, if there was any huge triggers or traumas you know we kind of went through your history and you know people you're around and things that had happened to you and there were no major traumas um there were some influences um but you know i think that being able to say okay the driving force here is low self-esteem and needing to validate yourself and so looking at that um you know we want to we want you to validate yourself we want you to feel valued so that you can live your life that way. When you feel value, when you value yourself, you um, live healthier. You know, you you are able to give to people. You are able to give that energy out. Um, and when you're not valuing yourself and you're finding it elsewhere, you know, through sex, it's a need. You're filling this hole. You're filling this void. 
um, that there's something that you can give to yourself. And so we want to change that so that you have the, you know, you're increasing your self-esteem and your confidence because of the things that you do, the way that you are, the person that you are. And, you know, we want, and, and sex especially is very healthy. I mean, that's a human, it's human nature. I mean, we need to eat, uh, we need to sleep and we procreate. That's, you know, as humans and animals, that's what yeah. we do. And so it's very normal. We want it to be as normal as possible. Yes, there's tons of, um, there's other, you know, mental illnesses around sexual behavior um, and, you know, obviously very unhealthy. Um, but that's not what this is. This is really about the person, the this, the the person and the despair that comes um, from feeling the need with sex and then not being able to validate yourself. And it takes away from what you can do for yourself. Um, so, yeah, we kind of went through all that. And, you know, there were no major triggers. There was nothing, you know, traumas. Um, and it really was, I think, as soon as we kind of started looking at that and really being mindful of, you know, working towards self-validation, um, you know, you kind of had a couple different times you were like, whoa, you know, things, you know, these revelations kind of things um, had changed for you. And it started to feel like you started the ball rolling with, you know, starting to feel like you had more control and that the addiction was not controlling you. So, you know, the, if things are moving and you start seeing this change, you're like, okay, this is, this means something. This means we hit it. Um, or at least a part of it. And we're going to keep focusing on that to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was, that all came from the kind of self-esteem stuff we did. So you gave me a few things to do. Like, um, every day I have to list three things that I'm happy about and, you know, I have to, I have to focus more on the things that I'm good at and I can control and not worry so much about the things that are outside of my control that I'm, or, or things that I'm not necessarily good at. Um, and it was kind of like a slow like shift and sort of I had to create a few habits and you know just sort of self-affirming like thoughts and stuff that I wasn't really doing before I've, I've guess I've had depression for years so it was like you know kind of goes in with that mm-hmm. your head's just going like you know you're crap you're rubbish you're rubbish. no one likes you <laughs> and I had to I had to cut that out um, and as soon as I did it was like such an easy transition into not really needing sex anymore yeah. Um, and it all kind of happened really quickly. Like, I think over like, what, three weeks, maybe four weeks of us talking. I was just like, whoa, like I was suddenly like, you know, and, and we, sp- we spoke last week, like the last, the last two or three weeks are the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And it's literally because I've just, um, just been, ha- I've just felt a lot more confident, a lot more, um, self-affirming. Is that a word? We'll go with it. <laughs> self-affirming. Uh, and, kind and of to yourself. Really- <laughs> yeah yeah uh and uh yeah sex hasn't really played a part in that which it's played a little part you know i'm still enjoying sex i'm still like getting with people that make me feel really great but it's not like all i've got I've, there's loads more going on and um yeah i kind of had a bit of a breakthrough probably last week or the week before on our call when i kind of realized oh this is like starting to feel easy mm-hmm. um and yeah, I, I don't feel like I need, I need sex anymore and I feel great. Um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, we just be uh, mindful yeah, of how you on. talk to yourself is usually what I work, you know, as far as um, with anything, you know, how do you talk to yourself every day? I think that, um, you know, the self-validation, I think a lot of skills that um, a lot of my clients that come in 
um, you know, sometimes it, we, we don't just jump into trauma, whatever the, the diagnosis is or the issues that are coming up. Um, it's really hard to work on anything if you feel crappy about yourself. If you, um, yeah. you know, look to other people or external things, you know, money looks for feeling good about yourself. And so, you know, a lot of the same, the things that we talked about, and, you know, I had you practice really being mindful of what you, you know, self-talk, what you say to yourself every day, um, mm. you know, really highlighting the positives because we have them. We just are so bogged down with all the crap that we tell ourselves that we don't see them. Um, and so that was like celebrate all the small things. And I think that, you know, you had kind of gotten into that. Um, you were, you know, saying the three positives from the day. Um, and really trying to say, okay, there are good things here. There are good things about me. Um, there are good things happening in my life and I just need to, you know, see them and say, yes, this is what's happening. You know, say it out loud. Like, you know, a lot of people say it loud, like I'm a badass, you know, like, or, you know, whatever the positive affirmations are and those, and it really works. I think you're manifesting. I don't know if people, um, that's something in the last couple of years that I've really gotten into is like talking to people about, about man, manifestation, but it's really like, if you say nice things to yourself, you will feel better. You know, if somebody comes and says something yeah. crappy to you, you're like, Oh, that makes me feel awful. Um, so yeah. just, you know, how are you going to feel if you're saying it to yourself? And so I think that was, you know, a great place for you to start because it really did kind of, um, really was this turning point for you to say, you know, I'm not a bad person, you know, um, sex addiction does not say that I'm a bad person. Um, I don't have to be, you know, an awful person because of this and it doesn't have to control me. And so when you can start feeling better about yourself and saying, you know, I have these good qualities, you can take back that power and that control. Um, and we do so much better when we feel like we're not powerless or we have a loss of control. So you know, a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you were doing that, you know, and it really, um, helps to be mindful in your ability, um, and your desire to, to grow and just be a better person overall. Um, just be a better person for you. So that's a lot of, you know, we kind of focus on that as therapists in, in any issue or any concern that people bring up. Um, and then it kind of just goes from there. Um, but yeah, that's the big first step that anybody can really start doing, um, to just, you know, start making those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And what surprised me with that again is like how it was so easy. Um, once I'd started kind of a little bit of it, I was just feeling a lot better in myself and, um, kind of just, yeah, just more confident. Like, yeah, you know, in your head, you're just kind of saying like, oh, well, I'm good at this. Whereas, whereas before it was like, oh, you know, this isn't going great. So I'm just going to focus on that until I can improve it. You know, this aspect of my life. And, and that wasn't really constructive, but what you got me to do was kind of switch it and be like, you know, look at the things that are going good and just make them better. Like keep, just put all your energy into that and think and think about them and remind yourself about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it kind of just, it just feeds itself because you just feel better, which makes you think better thoughts. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you just kind of, it pushes you down a road. You have no choice. (laughs) Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, You don't, your brain doesn't have the, you know, it doesn't hold the capacity for the negativity anymore and you really fill it up with yeah. the positive and so yeah for sure yeah and i really i really I see, i've started seeing it in other people as well like people around me you know if, if they're feeling bad and they're feeling negative they focus on that and that becomes comfortable and they kind of it just reaffirms it and it just keeps them in a in a bad state 
Um, which is why I'm always going on about counselling to everyone that will listen um, because I think it just breaks the cycle. Like I just see everyone's brains as like a little circle that they're constantly going around in the same, you know, the same kind of path. And if you get counselling, it can help you break the circle and start thinking a different way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And also today is World Mental Health Day. It's worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> a complete coincidence. Yes, but, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A good time to be thinking about this. I think, yeah, more more people should look into counselling and trying to like, you know, interrupt their thoughts and mm-hmm. make some improvements. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So one last thing I wanted to kind of talk about. We haven't really covered this. I've got some ideas of what the answer might be, but, <laughs> but I thought I'd um go over this now. What does the future look like for someone who has dealt with an addiction, um, and sort of made improvements? Well, I definitely think, you know, you always want to do what's working. You always want to do what's healthy. That doesn't necessarily mean that somebody needs to continue therapy for the rest of their life. You know, there are some people that are like, if I didn't have you, I would not do well. Well, yes, you would because you're doing it all on yourself, your own. I just kind of remind you. Um, but there, you know, uh, support is a big thing that I always talk about. You know, have those support people, you know, find the people that you can really, you know, get into deep conversations with and let them know that, um, you know, support is helpful, but all in all you do, you make the changes. So you, um, you know, if you make these hard changes and, you know, with your thinking and and behaviors, you can really maintain it. And I think it's about, um, yeah, continuing to do what, what works. So practices different, you know, you know, thinking of three positive things every day. I mean, it helped you get out of this low, um, mindset and mood it'll continue, it'll continue to help you to stay in a positive, um, you know, brighter mood. And I think, um, yeah. And I think the work is even though, you know, our discussions were a lot around, you know, to like the self-esteem with, um, kind of helping you with the sex addiction, it usually is impactful on all parts of your life, you know, so depression, you know, we don't talk a lot about depression, but in working on your self-confidence and self-validation, you know, your mood has brightened and, um, you can definitely just tell, you know, in the way people talk, you know, I, I definitely see that with, um, clients from one, you know, one session, it's, you can definitely tell they're down the next session, you know, their voice and just the way they talk is a lot brighter. Um, and so it can have a huge impact on more than just, you know, the specific area. And then, you know, obviously, you know, you're, if you were to stop doing the practices that help, you may or may not kind of, um, I guess, regress into a low mood, but, you know, is that risk worth taking? Is it, is it worth, um, you know, you already know that this stuff helps. It's something that a lot of people um, make as, you know, a habit in their life. And it's, you know, no longer like, oh, something I have to do. It's just something that I do. Um, and yeah, so it's a lot of, you know, and I think if you look at it overall, as far as like your growth as a person, we never want to stop growing. We never want to stop, um, achieving goals or setting goals. Um, you know, we get stagnant and that just can put us in a bad spot. So yeah, so there really is no, you know, I don't like to say like, there is a cure, um, but meaning of cure is to relieve yourself of symptoms of, a, you know, to restore health, to re, uh, relieve yourself of symptoms of a condition or disease, whatever. So you are, it's, it's not saying, you know, it doesn't say relieving these symptoms and you can never suffer ever again. Um, so, you know, I think 
for different people, you can look at it different ways. But um, once you learn these skills and just to how to how to be kinder to yourself, um, it's harder to go back to that. You know, you're able to be more mindful of like, oh, I'm, you know, this is really hard. I'm really stressed, but I can handle it. Or if I can't handle it, I'll figure out what to do. Um, but I'm not going to be mean to myself anymore. And I'm really going to say, you know, that, you know, you're not going to look, you know, if it goes into like starting to feel like sex is a need, you know, what do I need to do? What helped in the past? What have I, um, how have I been able to get out of that and really make sex a positive and healthy thing in my life? Because it's going to be in my life. So, yeah, Yeah. I think, you know, obviously different perspectives on that. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I think once you get there, it just feels so good. And the more that you <clears throat> do something, you know, you you make it a habit. You make feeling good a habit. As like you said, some people get stuck in this cycle and they're just content and comfortable with it because it's all they've known. And it's scary to, you know, be uncomfortable and make changes. But you can also make that yeah. comfortable. You know, you can also be comfortable with feeling good. So yeah yeah it definitely the whole process definitely feels like just ripping off a giant plaster sorry band-aid uh because it 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 hurts like fuck at first like all kinds of counseling i've had counseling you know years over the years for like depression anxiety you know i've had cbt i've and i'm now doing addiction stuff and Mm self-esteem stuff like the first the first kind of bump like fucking hurts like hell because you're opening all these like horrible wounds inside you and like really looking inside yourself. But afterwards they've healed up and like you feel great. You feel really strong. So Mm -hmm. yeah, stepping out of your comfort zone, which is being miserable because it's definitely nice and familiar for a lot of people to just stay miserable um, is terrifying and hurts, but it's definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and on the kind of, yeah, the habit of like feeling good, like my, my, um, I've had low points and like I have kind of, I swing into like, you know, depression every now and then, but over the last Mm -hmm. few weeks where I've kind of nailed this, like, you know, positive habit stuff, Mm -hmm. um, my low points only last like a day at most nowadays, whereas it used to be like a week. Mm. Um, because I think my brain is just, it's just developed muscle memory to go back to being like happier. Um, and yeah, you kind of, I almost, cried, I almost cried on our last call because you said something that I need to realize is that me being happy is the new normal. It's like switched because <laughs> before I was like, I was like feeling low. And then when I'm happy, all my brain was going, was thinking was cool. You're happy. This is great. Not long till you go back to feeling low again though. And you kind of show, you kind of made me realize that it's swapped around now. And the last, for the, at least for the last few weeks anyway, let's hope it keeps going. But <laughs> for the last few weeks, it's like my normal is happy. And when I'm down, it like, it doesn't feel normal. It feels uncomfortable. Yep. Um, yes. And I think that's like a bit of a, a shift in like, you know, brain stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is really good. So yeah, I got really emotional on our last call because I was like, fuck, like, Aww. yeah, that's it that's it like i've it it doesn't feel normal to be sad now and that's great and that's the first time i felt that probably ever um yeah worth every penny mate worth every penny uh yes therapy can work who knew yeah (laughs) it's really good um it's worth it's worth mentioning quickly that we do this through better help which is uh, a website again i said at the start but it's a website that connects you to hundreds of different counselors um 
and you get like weekly phone calls or text chat or we can do video calls if we want but I don't want you to see my face (laughs) but yeah it's um it's really good it's amazing I've had like you're probably like the eighth counselor I've had on there Mm -hmm. um I, I switched between, I used to switch between them quite a lot, trying to find the right one. I found you and I think like you're great. I love working with you and I like intend to for a long time. Okay. Um, and I think that everyone should try it. Um, it's really easy to get your first week free on there because everybody on there gets like a free, you yeah, know, a free week code thing. So I, I give that to everyone. It will be all over the socials when this episode goes live. Good, yeah. Um, and yeah, you should all try it um, because you've got nothing to lose. And counseling's great and everyone should try it. Mm-hmm. I agree. You agree, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where you agree. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yes, I've done. Yep, I'm a therapist, and I've been in my own therapy before. So it's definitely something. Yeah. Yep. Even you know, yeah, just trying it out. Just try it. Like, there's really nothing to lose trying to better your mind and your life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And try try different counselors as well, because I, I know that a lot of people have tried counseling and they kind of quit after the first one, and because it made them. You know, they weren't a quite, they weren't a good match. I think it's really important to try several counselors. Yes, and uh, you know, I I hope that no other counselors feel offended. I never do. If somebody's like, "This does not work," you know, we don't all mesh with each other, and that is okay. And, yeah. You know, I have people say that to me, like it's just you know something and whatever. Like, okay, I want to help you find the best person for you because I know how life changing it can be. Um, and that's the cool thing also with BetterHelp is you really have access to so many different people and you know people everywhere i've had um clients in so many different countries i've you know um in the states like it's yeah it's definitely a cool platform that i'm so excited that is a real thing for so many people to have access that may not have access to a therapist you know if it were in person or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and it's quite scary to go see a therapist in person um uh so i i like the kind of text chat because if i don't feel like talking i can just send you text you know it's just really easy and i feel like everyone everyone is can everyone can write a bit about themselves right you don't have to you don't have to pick up the phone and talk to someone because that can be quite scary Mm -hmm. yeah it's really good and also it's it's when you're trying to find a counselor there's a long list of like check boxes for like exactly what you want to talk about so i i was like oh you know depression anxiety addiction self-esteem all these things mm-hmm. um and it gives you like a, people that specialize in that yep. which is really cool i think you, you don't kind of get some random person who you know i want like i wanted someone that was like specialized in addiction and then someone that was specialized in self-esteem issues and stuff like that and uh, i found exactly that so yeah really cool counseling is real cool <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's it thanks yeah thank you thank you for letting me you know kind of come and talk with you about this especially just because my big thing is normalizing mental health normalizing you know things that people are going through and let's talk about it talking helps yeah definitely let's talk about it you just dropped the name of the podcast that was good well done (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even think about that (laughs) the most tremendous new musical experience you can have Perhaps we are both mad. What are you afraid of?